So welcome to Friday night, our first night of our 2023 conference. Amen. Amen. So if you have a Bible with you, I encourage you to turn with us. Because I am a word guy, which means I love the Bible. I love to study what words mean in the Bible especially. But I don't want you just to take my word for it. I want you to see that it's the word of God that we're reading, to, we're reading together. And I'm just not speaking to you my opinion. I'm giving you the Word of God. And you can see that I'm not making it up as we read. <laughs> because, you know, you know, anymore somebody can tell you, well, you know, I believe in this. And it, it's like, where did you get that from? Where did you get that statistic? Where did you get that understanding from? And they could have just made it up. And that's dangerous to believe in something that's just made up. The Word of God is not made up. The Word of God inspired each, the Word God inspired the Word of God from beginning of Genesis all the way through Revelation. So we take it at its word, we take it for its entirety. Amen. We take it because God wrote everything in the Word of God, so we take it for its entirety. We exclude nothing. Amen. So we're going to look at Deuteronomy 4, verse 2. That is our theme verse for Echo for this year. Deuteronomy, that's in the Old Testament, chapter 4, verse 2. And the King James, I'm going to read from, says, Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. So God's laying it out pretty simple for us, even in our theme verse. We don't add to the word and we don't take away from the word. We leave the word of God as it is, and we take it and we apply it to our heart and our life and we allow it to shape and mold us, not twist the gospel into what we want it to say or what we want it to fit our pet sin or our lifestyle. We fit the Word of God. So let's look at this verse again. Ye shall not add. Well, anybody would say with the word add, we, we understand what that means. Two plus two is four. That's adding together. Well, the King James, that actually means to conceive more, to conceive more, or to make up more. That's what that word means. So God is saying, don't make up more to add to the Word of God. Last time I checked, God is God. We're humans. He doesn't need our help. <laughs> we need His help. <laughs> we need it every day because we're all human beings. We're, none of us are going to be perfect. We need the help of God to, to live unto Him as holy and clean as we can, to honor Him with our life, to honor Him with what we say, how we act. And part of that is not changing the Word of God, but we don't add to it. But then he goes a step further and says, Neither shall you diminish. The word diminish means to take away or remove, but it also means to keep back. It also means to lessen. So we don't cheapen the Word of God. We don't lessen it. But we also don't keep it back of saying, well, I know, this, I know that verse is in there that I shouldn't look at, you know, I shouldn't lust in my heart after a girl or a guy. But you know what? I'm just going to keep that back. I'm going to keep that out of my mind, keep that out of my heart, and I'm just going to do what I want to do. This is exactly what this verse says not to do. We're not to keep it back. We're to take the Word of God in its entirety, and we're to echo exactly what it says. So God gives this command that forbids anyone as we had, a military, we had a saying in the military, it said, la di da -di, everybody. Nobody can make up things nobody could take away from it. But it says we're not for anyone to add to the Word of God or take anything away from the Word of God. 
So the theme of our conference this year is echo, but it means when you have an echo to your voice, like you can tell right now my voice is echoing even though I've got a microphone on, my voice is still echoing in the sanctuary here. There is nothing being added to my echo. It's exactly my voice. There's not extra words being added to it. There's not words being taken away from the echo. It's exactly what I'm saying coming out of my mouth, reverberating all across the sanctuary. And yes, the further that it goes, the less it will be, the less accurate it will be, and the less power that it has. So, kind of bringing that back to us for this conference, that lets us know that we should not be away from God. We should be close to God's Word. We should be close to God so that when we echo the things of God, we're more accurate in what we echo. We're more accurate. We also have more power in what we're saying because of the Word of God. Because we spend time in the Word of God. We spend time in God's presence. When we echo what He says, when we echo the Word of God, there's a power to it. There's more accuracy to it. Because, you know, if we... Now go over here and God's, we'll say God's over there. Granted, God's everywhere, so don't misunderstand me. But when we walk away from God and we choose sin or we choose to walk away from the things of God, then we still, if we still try to echo, then the more, the, the further we're away from God, the less power, the less accurate we're going to be. How many has ever played the game, like, was it Telephone Pictionary? Anybody ever played that game where you have a group of people and then so you... you like everybody writes something down, and then you pass the cards, it's index cards, you pass it to the person to your left. Well, then when the person to your left has to see what you wrote, and they have to draw a picture of it. Well, then, then they pass it, you don't say a word, then you pass it to the next person on the left, they see what the picture is, and they have to interpret it. Now, there's been times we've played this around the holidays with my family, and you go from We'll say we've done Christmas movies, something like that. It started out as It's a Wonderful Life, but by the time it made it all the way around the table, it was How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Now you tell me how in the world you can get that inaccurate going around the table. It's because the further you get away from the original person, the more it, there's interpretation of the mind, the interpretation of, well, I think it's this way, I think it's this way, I think I'm going to add this, I think I'm going to take this away. And we begin to lessen and add to the Word of God, and by the time that we put our opinion on it, it's no longer God's Word, it's our Word. Now we're no longer an echo, we're our own voice speaking as if it's God speaking. Now the Word says clearly we're not to do that. Not just this verse, but all throughout the Bible, we're not to add our own opinion and change the Word of God. We're to change through the Word of God. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says that we're to be living sacrifices unto God. When we're living sacrifices, the living sacrifice just says unto God, I'm here for you. I, I sacrifice my life. Now, that sounds a little, if you've never been born again, you've never given your life to God, it may sound like, what in the world? you got to lay yourself down at the altar? What kind of cult is this? No, 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 it's not a cult. What you do is you say, all you got to do is from a heart to say, Father, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm sorry for sinning. I'm sorry for doing wrong. Please forgive me. I want to be forgiven of my sins, and I want to live my life according to your word. Not only can I, did I receive blessings, but I know you. And then I can go, when I leave this earth, my eternity is in heaven my eternity is not in hell because of sin. This separates me from you. 
But the more accurate that we are, the more of a stronger echo that we can have being next to the Word of God, being next to God, the more accurate we'll be in our Christianity because we don't change the Word to fit us. We fit the Word of God. So the second part of this verse, as we see here, it says that ye may keep the commandments, that you may keep. Now the word keep means to guard, to protect, but it also means to save. You mean we're supposed to save the Word of God? We're supposed to guard the Word of God? We're supposed to protect it? Yes. How do we do that, Pastor Caleb? You do that by not allowing the enemy to steal the Word from you. Because remember, if you remember the Garden of Eden, what, what the devil spoke as a serpent, he spoke unto Eve. Did God really say that? Did God really say that? So his first trick, creating the fall of man, was making Eve doubt what God had said. He diminished the word of God and she fell for it. If we're not careful, the enemy has those same schemes, those same plans today because he knows it works. He looks for anybody to say, did God really say that? Does the Bible really say that? I don't think it. I think the Bible says you can look at porn and be okay. It doesn't. It says not to lust in your heart, not to even look at a woman because you've committed adultery in your heart already. So, that, but if we're, not, if we're not careful, we'll listen to those lies. We'll listen to the enemy, and we don't guard it and protect it in our own heart and our own life. And we begin to lessen it. We begin to cheapen it. So if we're not careful, so we've got to protect it. Now, yes, you can stand up when somebody's putting down the Word of God and say, no, 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 the Word of God is holy, it's infallible. It means it has no errors. But more than anything, we keep it in our own heart and our own life to say, no, 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 enemy. No, no, I'm not, I'm not listening to that lie. The Word of God is powerful. The Word of God brings blessing. Obedience, as I learned from my pastor, obedience brings blessing. And so when we obey the Word, there's blessing in that. Well, how do we know what to obey? We obey the Word of God. We obey God the Father by the Holy Spirit. So we allow these things not to be stolen from us or to be taken from us, but we guard it and keep it in our own heart and our own life. So the second part of this verse is to keep the Word of God. We protect the Word of God from the enemy from stealing, stealing its importance, Stealing its value, stealing its holiness, or its blessings to our life. So we must stay close to the Word of God and to God Himself. The closer we are, the louder and more accurate we'll be as an echo. So I'm going to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to read a couple more verses. Because if you're like me, you're starting to get hungry. You're like, well, I know I've heard that there's food, so yes, we'll get to that. Amen. <laughs> so we will get to that. We're going to go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to read two verses here. Verses 16 and 17. This is the Apostle Paul writing to Pastor Timothy, one of his sons in the faith. And he says, all Scripture. Everybody say all. 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 Now all Still means all, right? Means you don't add to it, you don't take away from it. It means all of it, all of it, is given by the inspiration of God. So that means God inspired it. God wrote it. He just had humans to write it down. Everybody had somebody had maybe somebody else say, Hey, can you write this down for me? I want you to take a note. That may not be as popular now because you got voice memo on your phone, and it takes out all the fun. Because the voice memo, you can say, Hey, take a note of this. Da, 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 da. You know, if I say 
Siri, if I say Alexa, everybody's phone is going to start going off, so I'm not going to be careful how I word these things. But when we have that kind of mentality of, of really how the Word of God came about, it wasn't just me and said, you know what, I think this will fit. Let's write this down. That's not how it happened. The Holy Spirit inspired, and that's the reason you see so many connections throughout Genesis all through Revelation of how many things can be tied together because it's inspired by God. God is the author and men were the, the writers, the penmen would say. So all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And you say, well, Pastor Caleb, that's a lot of King James mumbo-jumbo. Well, let's break it down, because I'm a word guy. I like to see what words mean. So all Scripture is given by God, so that's our first cornerstone to our Christianity. The Word of God is infallible. It has no errors, because it's written by God. So, if that's the case, we can't add or take away. It takes us right back to Deuteronomy. But it's profitable. The Word of God is profitable. That means it's helpful. It's a service for an advantage. But then it gives a list for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, if we see this, it's profitable for doctrine as well. So, doctrine is our first one. So if we see this, we're not scared of the King James. We can really break this down. Doctrine is teaching. It's profitable for teaching. But it's not just like I'm teaching you right now. It's a teaching that helps living one's life according to what is taught. So the Bible even also tells us when we understand something, now we're held accountable for it. So when we learn what sin is, it helps us be accountable to say, all right, now you knew better. You know, me having three, three boys, my wife and I have three boys, so when we say, all right, the youngest one's six, so he's not here. But with him especially, we say, all right, now wait a minute, because I've got two other boys, so I have to remember, he hasn't learned this yet. So I've got to, sometimes I get upset and say, wait a minute now, son, you know better than this. Then I have to remember, he's six. Maybe he doesn't, maybe he hasn't been taught this yet. Because I've been to two rounds of other boys, so I'm expecting him to know what the other two knows. Now praise God, God's not like that. God is, God is perfect. He knows where each and every one of us are at, and He expects us to hear what He's having to say, and then we're held accountable once we learn. Anyway, so the doctrine, the Word of God is profitable for doctrine to help us to understand, to be taught what is right and to live by it. But next, it's profitable for reproof. That means it's good for, it's profitable for exposing sin. How many of you ever been in a sermon? You don't have to raise your hand. How many of you ever been under a preacher, and all of a sudden you're like, man, I, what he's preaching about, that's me. I, mm, I've been guilty of that. We've probably all been there, right? We've probably all been there. Again, you don't have to raise your hand, but we can probably all say, yeah, that's me. Well, what happened? The Word of God came out, and it profited us to say, hey, don't do this anymore. Hey, this is, this is bad. Don't do this. But it's also exposing sin, but then convicting of sin, which is one of, one of the duties of the Holy Spirit, one of the, one of the ways that the Holy Spirit helps us. But next, is profitable for correction. So not only is it profitable for exposing sin, but now it's profitable, the Word of God is profitable for correction, to adjust to make accurate. When I was in the military, when we would do training days for our M4 rifles or our M16s, whatever we were shooting that day, we would have to do target practice first to see, all right, where are we at? Is this, is this sight lined up? So my first few shots of firing down range and shooting at the target, 
the drill sergeant or whoever was on the range that day, he would say, all right, you need to make this adjustment. All right, Roger, drill sergeant, I'll make those adjustments. So I made the adjustments. Now, granted, the first few times that I have to make those adjustments, the drill sergeant didn't say, why'd you do that? What are you doing? What do you think you're doing, boy? Are you stupid? No, that's not the way it happened. He gave the, he gave the adjustments to say, hey, move this way a little bit. Make, these, make this click. Make this adjustment. Make this adjustment. And it helped me to be more accurate. That's what the Word of God does. It helps us when we study it and we apply it to our life. It helps us to be more accurate. Now, I will say, for those that had to repeat and 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 to repeat, and I think you're getting my picture, repeat and repeat those instructions, then eventually some frustration started to begin to happen. So the drill sergeants weren't so happy and they weren't so nice. But it was after a multitude of adjustments trying to be made and maybe somebody just, well, I'll pretend like I'm making the adjustments, drill sergeant, and then they don't, when they're looking over their shoulder and that nothing changes, then there's a little frustration that happens. Now, I will say, God is not waiting for you to make a wrong mistake and to say, oh, gotcha, oh, gotcha. That's not the way God operates. God says, come on, you can make the adjustment. Come on, make the adjustment. Just, just clear, clear this right here up. Make this, make this adjustment. All right, good job, good job. All right, now make this adjustment. And he helps us to live more accurate by the Word of God, but it requires us to know what the Word says. It requires us not to add to, to excuse our inaccuracy, but to make the adjustments to be more accurate. And it's helpful to us. Amen. So then our last one that we have in this, in this list is instruction in righteousness. It means what is right and in agreement with God's standard. The Word of God helps us to receive that instruction and be in right standing with God. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad that God's Word helps us to be in right standing with Him? To say, thank you, Father. Thank you for helping me make those adjustments. Thank you. Now I can stand boldly before you when the enemy says, you're this, you're that. No, 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 enemy, you shut up. No, enemy, you be quiet. Because my God has helped me make these changes and I'm no longer a slave to that sin. I don't go back to that sin. I've been delivered from that. I can stand right before my God because I'm an echo of the Word now. I've gotten closer to Him and I can be more accurate in my echo that I don't have to listen to your false accusations because Jesus Christ has forgiven me. I've talked to Him about it. Amen. Amen. So let's go to our last verse, Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Last verse. And I can hear the people of Abundant Grace Church saying, that's it, Pastor? You only got three places to read? <laughs> Told you. Because usually we spend a lot of time in the Word quoting multiple Scriptures, covering a lot of things. Why? To be more accurate, to allow the Word of God to be profitable unto us, to shape us and mold us in those areas of our life. Amen. So Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Well, what is the gospel of Christ? We could say that is the word of God, but we could also say, yes, it is the good news of Jesus Christ. But where do we find that? We find it in the word of God. Now, yes, somebody can tell you about that, but where do you find it to read it? for yourself and to receive that instruction through the Word of God. 
But I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, meaning the gospel of Christ, we would say the word of God, is the power of God unto salvation. So the word of God can help bring salvation into our life, but we've got to choose to accept it. We choose to accept that free gift. That's like tonight when we're doing raffles. You know, we can call out your number, but if you choose to sit there and say, nope, don't want that gift, nope, don't want that, even though it's free, you still have to get up and come and receive it. It's no different with salvation. It's no different than rededicating your life to say, you know what, I want that free gift. I want to turn my life back over to God if you maybe have been born again and you've backslidden or you've walked away from God. To say, you know what, I want to be in right standing with God again. Or if you never ask Jesus to be your Savior, to be forgiven of your sins, then it can open the door for you to say, you know what, I want to start that relationship. I want to be born again. I want to be forgiven of my sins and to live a life unto God that I can know that the enemy will not deceive me and trick me into going to hell, that I don't listen to him anymore. I listen to God, and I'm set free from the power of sin and death. For it, the Word of God, is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. So again, we can see the la di da everybody. If you believe, it has the power to save you. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter what color, what sex. It doesn't matter anything about those things. All it says, you believe. You believe in the Word of God. You believe in the power of God, and it, it has the ability to save you. But you've got to choose to accept it. You've got to choose to say, I want this free gift that you have from me, Jesus. But it says to the Jew first and to also the Greek, we would say that's the believers or the people that have once believed in God but haven't believed in Jesus Christ. We would say also the Greek, those that, that were just, we would call them pagans. They didn't really believe in God at all. They've never heard of God. Verse 17 says, For therein is the righteousness of God. Where is it? It's in the Word of God. It helps us to be in right standing with God. Revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Meaning the ones that are in right standing with God live by faith. Well, what is that faith from? It's from believing in the gospel of Christ, bringing us to the power of God unto salvation. It helps us receive that gift that he has for us to be in right standing, to be forgiven. That we no longer have to face hell for eternity, that we get to honor God. Verse 18 says, for the wrath of God. Wait a minute, what? I thought God was a loving God. He is. But His love is not forever enduring and overlooking your sin. His love wants you to be born again. His love keeps pouring out there, pouring out grace and pouring out mercy to say, come on, receive this free gift that I have for you. Receive this free gift that I have for you. But there comes a time where God says, all right, you've, you've rejected me. Time and time again, I've given you multitude of opportunities to come unto me. So what comes next? The wrath of God. Now, we say, for our example for tonight, the, the raffles, the, if you choose not to come up and receive the gift at the raffle, the wrath of whoever's given that gift away would not be so much of why didn't you come up and get it? You don't deserve it anyway. No, 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 that's, that's ignorance and that's not right. The wrath would be, all right, well, they don't want it. Well, let's see who else wants it. Let's see who else is willing to take this gift. Because what happens? You turn away from that person that didn't want to receive it. So now they're giftless. And it's not the person giving the raffle prize away. 
it's not their choice. It's the one that chose, I don't want that gift. So we've got to see this in its proper context because there comes a wrath of God if we choose not to receive what He has for us. Now granted, God doesn't ask one time. His, his love and His mercy and His grace will keep extending to us to say, come on, come on, I've got this precious gift for you. I've got this gift that will last all eternity. If you'll just accept it, if you'll just receive it, it'll benefit you now and it'll benefit you for all eternity. But there will come a time where He says, I guess they've chosen not accept what I have for them. And then the, the opposite of receiving that gift is now God has to say, I can't honor you because of your sin. Your, you choosing sin has distanced me and you. It's put a wall between you and I. I've given you the opportunity to remove it, but you won't take it. So now I, I'm a righteous and holy God. So now you've got to reap the reward of what you have chosen. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. What's it against? All ungodliness. And all unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. So the Bible reveals a walk with God to go from faith to faith in giving and growing a relationship with God. So God's wrath is against those who make the word inoperable and hinder the truth by rejecting the salvation God has to offer. So you say, well, what's the big deal about me just not accepting salvation? You're making the Word of God inoperable. It means it can't operate in your life because you're saying, I don't want that. I don't want that. What does that sound like? That's lessening. And that goes against diminishing the Word to say, I don't want that. It doesn't mean that much to me. It doesn't hold value to me. So when we have that mentality, God says, I guess I have nothing for you. I guess if you're not going to receive my free gift then you're going to reap the reward of what you've chosen. And that's the wages of sin is death. But there's hope though. There's still hope because we're all here. We're all breathing. We all obviously want God because we're here at a youth conference held at a church. So hopefully that's our testimony. So if you are here tonight and you say, Pastor I've never been born again. I've never asked Jesus to be my Savior and to forgive me of my sins. Tonight you have the opportunity to, to accept that free gift that He has for you. I mean, what better way to celebrate than receiving eternal life through Jesus Christ, maybe receiving a free gift through a raffle prize, and then getting free food. You I mean, can't get much better than that. <laughs> Amen. But let me, I'll, I'll quote this verse. You don't have to turn there. You don't have to, you, don't, you can write it down if you'd like to. But John 14, 6 says, John 14, 6, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one. No one goes to the Father except through Him. That means that Jesus Christ is the only way to God the Father. It's not our good works. It's not just saying, well, I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. He's the Son of God. I believe in Him. But I'm not going to ask Him to be my Savior. I'm not going to ask Him to forgive me of my sins. You know, the devils believe in Jesus. They believe in who He is. They know that He's the Son of God. So just us declaring, well... I believe in Jesus. Yeah, I believe in Him. I know that maybe He existed. Maybe He was there. That's no different than what the, what the demons and the devil says. We've got to believe. But we put our faith and trust in who He is and what He has done for us. And that is what helps us to have eternal life in Him, to receive that eternal gift. But to echo God's Word, you must first allow it to have entrance into your heart and your life. 
Obeying the Word of God all begins with blessings, but it must first start with salvation. Being born again or asking Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Amen.